comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. He's been in custody for two years. He'll confess. He's insane. It's a mistake to think you know what he'll do. Welcome to Comic Book Logic Mini-Sode. Um, we're going to be a few days late on Suicide Squad just to give you guys a chance to uh, see it before we r ruin it for you <laughs> with our spoilers. Suicide Squad goals. <laughs> You've been waiting for that one, haven't I have. you? I <laughs> have. I wanted to get it out of the way here. Okay. Um, so today we're going to give you a real brief kind of mini-sode. Who knows how long this will be? We have, you know, we, we're playing like, brief, we'll do like a half hour, 45 yeah. minutes, and then it's going to be like two hours brief on this. for us. Yeah. yeah. The, the, it'll be longer than the actual movie. Well, we did do two hours on The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, so. <laughs> um, we're the uh, mini-episode on the film, in quotation marks, animated film. The, yeah. Batman, The Killing Joke. Animated comic book basically yeah and yes um i not to spoil too much on this all right so um i'm gonna we're gonna do this one a little loosey-goosey there's not gonna be any special you know segments or anything like that but i just wanted to ask if you knew anything about the killing joke before going to see it a little bit um i'm kind of aware of it as part of like comic book culture i have not read it uh it was a surprise to no one haven't read it haven't seen anything about it um but in the lead up kind of to this movie, I saw a lot like little bits and pieces of like some of the iconic sort of artwork, particularly the Joker, like where he's kind of going crazy and the laughter, like as he becomes a Joker and then the shot with him with the spooky eyes with the spooky eyes. Yeah, the spooky Halloween eyes <laughs> like he's a decoration. Yeah, uh, that's about it. Well, uh, the killing joke, of course, uh, very famous Alan Moore comic. Alan Moore, our favorite favorite Northampton or Southampton wizard who likes <laughs> right. to write comics. Um, I believe this is the sixth adaptation of one of his works, hmm. uh, written by him in 1988. Uh, it was kind of more the brainchild of Brian Bollard, the artist. Uh, Brian Bollard, not not as well known anymore. He used to be much bigger in the comic book world. He was probably most famous at the time for doing the Maxi series, which is like a an extended run miniseries, Camelot 3000 for DC. Uh, he did a lot of the interior artwork for it, very famous. He also did a ton of work for uh, 2000 AD, the Judge Dredd comics. Oh. And that's kind of, he kind of came over with Alan Moore and uh, uh, Grant Morrison and all those guys, the British invasion of the comic book, Neil Gaiman. Uh, when all of them came over, he kind of came over with them. 
he this was his kind of brainchild. He wanted to do all the art. He wanted to, he had a ton of direction on how things were scripted and paced in the book. And even the uh, the coloring, he was unhappy with how it finally turned out in the book. Hmm. So he actually they actually went back recently with his guidance and color corrected everything to the way that he wanted it to be color corrected. Um, huh. For example, he wanted all the flashbacks to be black and white, and he wanted more sepia tone. I think he said a cool a cooler November um, tone of the book, and it turns out there was a lot more garish purple and greens as yeah. we see in the movie. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, the the book was of course released 1988. It was a f- it's only 48 pages long. It was re- released in a prestige format, which meant that they get to charge a little bit of extra for it. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the prestige format was just basically no ads, um, and it was on nicer paper, and it was hugely successful. I mean, it sold millions of dollars worth mm-hmm. of copies, and it instantly made you know Brian Ballard kind of a, a very famous name in the comic book uni- uh, world, and he. Pretty much only did combo covers after that. That's all he really was doing after that. Hmm. Um, just a little bit of background on the movie. I guess we could do that at this point. Uh, so the 1992 Batman the Animated Series. Sure. Beloved by all yeah, millennials. Yeah, we talked a little bit about and, it. Well, I should say mm-hmm. Gen Xers and millennials. Yeah, it's it's not quite Gen X. I, well, I guess I guess it's I kind know. of there right a, in that transitional period because Gen X is usually a little bit more. I, it's always it's all kind of crap. You know, these in labels 1990, anyway. yeah, nineteen ninety three, there was a bunch of twenty three year olds sitting in bathrobes, <laughs> so sure. eating their eating their Captain Crunch cereal, <laughs> watching Batman the Animated Series, going, <laughs> right. This is the greatest thing ever. I never thought I'd see Batman take it so seriously. I wonder if I should wash my flannel. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Uh. So, of course, the series, Kevin Conroy did the voice of Batman, and Mark get, Hamill... We're going to get another pair of Doc Martens <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, Kevin Conroy did the voice of Batman, <laughs> and Mark Hamill did the voice of Joker, very famously. Uh, for those who don't know the background, uh, Mark Hamill was not the original Joker. The original Joker was Tim Curry, and they said that oh. his voice was too scary. <laughs> too scary. I buy that. Yes. I completely believe that. <laughs> Uh, we all float down here. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm going to give myself nightmares just doing that. <laughs> um, Mark Hamill, of course, played the character for numerous years and in numerous incarnations throughout all of the Bruce Timm um, universe, uh, Batman universe. And the uh, eventually, eventually, after the video games had come out, the Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City, and Batman uh, Arkham... No, he didn't do the voice in Arkham Knight. But after after Arkham City and uh, Ar- um, and Arkham Asylum, San Andreas, yes, <laughs> he decided to retire from the character of Joker, <laughs> Grand Theft Batman. In 2011, he you know flippantly said like the only way I'd come back to do the Joker is if they did Batman, the Killing Joke, the Killing Joke, and ever and all Gen Xers lost their mind mm-hmm. and they started a Twitter campaign to get it going and now we have the result and of course yeah. Kevin Conroy signs up for it. Um, and here we are. Here we are. Yes, at Batman <sighs> the Killing Joke. So let's start off the first 20, 25 minutes of this. Maybe not even so, like 15 so, to 20 minutes. So of before this. we get into it, I think it's just worth pointing out that you and I actually got a chance to see we saw this it. Yeah. in the theater. We. Um, a lot of people who've probably seen it by now, like two days after, yeah. um, it was available on like iTunes and whatever, and you could kind of download it or somebody could pirate it and send you a copy <laughs> of it, <laughs> which may or may not have happened. And I don't endorse, um, 
we actually went and saw it uh, like a Monday night. It was like a two two night, you know, four shows they were doing it. Um, so we got to see this on the big screen. Um, and we got to see, I don't know if iTunes has these or not. I haven't looked into it. But there was a sort of a little... Lumpers. Luke, 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 sorry to call him Luke Skywalker. Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill, like, uh, talking about doing him the doing the voice and how he got into it and doing this. And then or a, a really pointless one later about, about the, the music. music, which was like, why are we still sitting here watching this? Oh, I got a lot to say about the music of this thing. Well, <laughs> yeah. we got to see how it got made. So yes. there's that. Anyway, all right. So, yeah, it wasn't the first Danny 20 Elfman, minutes. So it doesn't matter. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the first 20 minutes. I, yeah, I, I guess it's like the first. Which I, I have nothing, nothing to, to do, do with Batman colon The Killing Joke, um, the comic, yeah. or anything. So we start off with this... And I don't know this. Yeah. I'm sitting here going... I'm like, when are they going to get to The Killing Joke? When, right. So I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, like, is this guy the Joker? Like, what's, like where are we going with this? Yeah. And spoiler, the answer is nowhere. We're going nowhere with it. We get a Batgirl kind of like mini episode where Batgirl is trying to prove herself to Batman. Um, it's kind of told in you know her Sexily. narration. See, well, into that. <laughs> um, she's chasing after a, a gangster by the name of Paris Franz. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, both Kevin and I went lazy pun. Lazy pun. <laughs> no good. I mean, I get it. I get Batman has got a lot of those kind of lazy puns in it, but yeah. I was like, they, they didn't. They, I think it's like Paris Francisco. Yeah, Paris Francisco also. Right. Um, he's a nephew of the major crime boss in Gotham, Francisco, which is weird because they already, you know, is an established crime boss in Gotham City and it's Falcone. Yeah. You know? Um, so. Batgirl, uh, voiced by, oh, what's her name? Uh, Tara Strong mm-hmm. from My Little Pony fame. Oh, she's <laughs> right. She actually is, has done a ton in. Uh, yeah, in the she band. does a lot of yeah. voice work. She took over, over the work. voice of yeah. Harley Quinn for in the animated series after the original voice left a while ago. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but she had done Batgirl voice all the way since the animated series, mm-hmm. and she was also a National Lampoon senior trip. Um, <laughs> there you go. So it's all about her kind of with this gangster Paris getting he's under like her obs- skin. Right, he's like yeah. obsessed with her. Yeah. And there's a scene where they're on a boat, the the gangsters and these prostitutes come over yeah. and we find out that one of them yeah. wore a Batgirl mat. Like he's the redhead obsessed wore the with her. Right, he's yeah. obsessed with her. It's obviously a very sort of stalker, you know, creepy yeah. relationship. He's like, like leaving things for her and Yeah, he like sets up all of like everything, like he be, he starts setting up his crime so that she will come to try and stop right. him, so that he can. And see Batman's him. trying to get her to not yeah. do it because he kind of sees what's going on. Yeah, and he's like, "This is this is getting weird. Yeah. It's safer if I go and beat him up. Yeah, instead of you. But of course, she has to do it. Yeah, and I, it's it's kind of weird because there's a scene, like there's a lot of scenes where. She's talking to her obviously flamboyantly gay friend in the, uh-huh. who, in the who, library. In the library. Because <laughs> she's a librarian. Like, she's, you know, that's right. what she's always trying to do. And they're kind of talking about how. I guess it's getting a little deeper into her relationship with Batman because she keeps referring to him as her you know, yoga instructor. Right. And there's like. And they clearly have sort of a thing. Yeah. Which is. It's just. It's very. It was very convoluted to me because. 
it seems in a lot of ways that it's more of it's almost more like a one way one sided. Like it's one sided, but it's almost their relationship is almost a little like paternal. And maybe that was just the age. Maybe that was just how I was approaching it. I think I was too. But yeah, I mean, they were they were talking about this tension and this chemistry that. I don't. It's just hard to bear that out in a in a stilted Animated, cartoon. Yeah, you know you what I mean. Like you can't get didn't... body language. You can't get right. like intonation. Like, you can't get intonation with uh, the, the way best that the they could do is, is yeah. Batman would occasionally narrow his eyes. Like <laughs> <laughs> that could mean a thousand things like, yeah. because they, that's the only thing they can do with him. Yeah. So uh, it it was. Just bizarre and uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah, and well, it all leads and up to... it gets to, more awkward. Yeah, it all leads up to a scene on the rooftop where Batman's like, no, you're done with this, because uh, Paris uh, kills his uncle, played by John DiMaggio, um, mm-hmm. voice of Bender, uh, mm-hmm. and leaves him for Batgirl to find. Batgirl finds it, and it leads to an ambush, mm-hmm. and Batman eventually has to you know, clean up her mess. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Um, you screwed up. I told you not to do this and you're doing it. And she gets all mad at him. We're done here. Yeah. You know, you're fired. (laughs) Leave your turn in your bat themed stuff. (laughs) Your bat paraphernalia. (laughs) I want your bat badge and bat gun on my desk. (laughs) Do you want me to just leave it with Alfred? Yes. Um, Yeah. And then she gets like in his face and then kisses him. Yeah. Which leads They're to... They're doing the fighting turning into... Sex. To kissing and yeah. sex. Well, that... Yeah. So my favorite thing, and I, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine who was who I had uh, drinks with the other night, and we were talking about this because he he was about halfway through it. He, had, um, he was watching it at home, and <laughs> he brought this up, which I thought was hysterical. He was like, wait, Batgirl's costume, <laughs> the top part's just a t-shirt? Like, yeah, that's what it looks like, yeah. <laughs> she just takes it off. Yeah. And that's wildly impractical. Like, well, what how I... would that ever be the cost? That makes no sense. Well, my wife, who I was talking about with, <laughs> was asking, she goes, was there nudity? I go, no, you see her bra. And she's like, she was wearing a bra underneath the Batgirl outfit? Like, like that's... Why would she be wearing that to fight crime? Yeah, like, that does not seem. I I kind of had that thought too, yeah. and I don't even you know. It was it was it's very it was obviously written well. It was written by Brian Azzarello, who uh, well known in the comic book industry. He's written Batman, Constantine, lots of different stuff. Um, I generally know him from writing uh, Hellblazer, John Constantine Hellblazer. Constantine wears a bra underneath his shirt. Yes, <laughs> it's his support. <laughs> Smoking his silk cuts, talking in his British accent, doing exactly. magic. Doing magic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That show was good. I, I hope it. I hope they can keep going with it on the DC. Okay, have him come back, because he yeah. had my arrow. Right. Um, but the... Uh, so he wrote this. So it was written by a, a man, done by, you know, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Um... Oh, I assumed this was all written by men. It's, that that it's, doesn't need to be said. Yeah, out loud. That, I, I, it was. It's very, very strange in that yeah. aspect because it felt like I felt like this is so unrealistic. And well, I mean, like even taking it outside of like these guys are wearing costumes, right? Like it was not written in any way. Like you were like the sex was super weird. Like even, and this is the first R-rated Batman cartoon. we've ever seen. Oh, even I guess, live yeah, action, technically, yeah. I mean, 
I get well. So they released the R-rated cut of the Batman versus Superman, which yeah. we're not gonna. We, we may get to. We've we've sort of kicked that around for a later date, but I'm not watching that any again anytime soon. It's actually not the three hour version. It's actually just Ben Affleck dancing in front of a mirror with a <laughs> tucked. That's all it Oscar, is. Oh, Silence of the Lance. I was thinking uh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> oh and, yeah, uh, him and Alfred just uh, yeah. and Jeremy Irons dancing. doing the doing the ex machina. Yes. Um, that yeah. would be amazing, actually. <laughs> that, that's the best part of that movie. Um, oh. Which is a movie I like, but yeah. that is the best part of it. Um, it was bizarre. I mean, it's not that... I mean, I'm glad it cut where it did. Like, we really... We just see that. We see the yeah. bra. Actually, and then like, it kind of, like, pans up, and then that's it. Alicia Vikander would actually probably be uh, a good Batgirl. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'm just just thinking about they that. They were going to bring that in. Uh, to any of these these new DC movies, she'd be good. Uh, she would good be. Pick. Yeah, mm. she's got her own thing now. She's like super famous. Like well, it's her moment. Yeah, yeah. Super famous in she's Denmark a right now. Whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. So and then yeah, it's awkward. It's no one wanted the bad sex. And then so it's got this thing of where how Batman's avoiding her because Batman's only fear is intimacy. Apparently, <laughs> right? <laughs> do I call her Alfred or do I wait three days? <laughs> Master Wayne, I think you should just call her now and express how you feel. I don't know, Alfred. What if what if she doesn't text me back? I'm gonna text her. Boop, what, if, boop, boop, boop. what if it wasn't good? <laughs> oh, sir, maybe if you just had more practice. <laughs> Shut up, Alfred. <laughs> Not cool, dude. <laughs> My parents died. <laughs> yes, that that has nothing to do with any of that. That was a long time ago. Yes. That happened in the 40s. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're not talking. And then, like, she gets upset about it. Well, because, sure. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what she was expecting. I mean, who knows? But, I mean, they don't go enough into it into the movie to... Right. I mean, from a narrative standpoint... That would make sense. Like, there are beats that make sense. Yes. Like, she would be upset. And, yeah, you can, you can, ex- you can extrapolate. Assume yeah. that, like, yes, yeah, on some level, it's, you know, it's sort of they both made a mistake here and she should have known better. But we're watching a goofy cartoon <laughs> where none of this is being mm. expressed, f- factored into anything. Yeah. It's a cartoon. This was a long and. Let's let's be fair <laughs> in this. Kevin is not a huge fan of animated movies. That's well, that's not entirely true. I, I am, but pretty true. I I like. I watched Zootopia last night. You did watch Zootopia. for the first time. Yeah. Um, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it, but it was fine. Um, I like those movies. I think my problem with those movies, with with animated movies in general, is that I'm always. I never talk about animated movies as movies. I always talk about them as animated movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't do that with any other style of movie that I can think of, where I'm like, that was a great movie. And then you talk about, like, a movie like Wally, and you're like, that's a really great animated movie. Like, I can't not qualify it, and I know that that's on me. This is this almost doesn't even count as yeah. that. This is... This is almost like, like this is, this Roger really Ramjet. Long... Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's almost like you see the the cartoon and you see the lips move 
Like that's it. Like <laughs> like you a see a painted picture, yes. and then it's just like the lips are moving. Like there's no there's no subtlety to any of the animation. It, it's it was done interesting. Very cheaply. It was interesting to see that style kind of brought back. It was very nostalgic in that way. Yeah. This movie exists for one purpose or for one audience, and it's people who loved Batman in the animated series, but thought, you know what this needs? More cursing and sexual assault. Yeah. That's what this movie needs. That's what that well, show needed, and this is finally well, here for you. Your prayers have been answered. <laughs> I mean, there was there's something to be said, though, about that. The sec- I mean, like, the whole... The whole- the whole point. The Batman Batgirl was not the sexual assault. Yeah, we'll, we'll the, get to that. Yeah, well, the whole, the whole reason why we're talking so long about this first twenty minutes is because it's such a controversial kind of thing. Because on one hand, you have groups of people saying, um, "Batman by doing that is taking advantage of a student." It's, mm-hmm. um, it's not like he's raping her. But there is like a weird sort of like she like it's like a teacher student yeah kind like of a teacher a thing, thing like, student like she's right she's, she's of a, age she's of she's, age but it's inappropriate yeah she initiates but it's inappropriate like Batman should have stopped it you know like sort of thing right and Batman being sort of a symbol of that yeah. sort of being superhero being you know someone who generally takes the moral high ground for the most part yeah um not affleck no but batman the one that we see here you know that is tied very closely to the animated series and by extension the comic books yeah and he would know better i i'm almost of the fact of that i think batman never has sex i actually still think batman in a lot of ways is still a virgin Mm -hmm. um the, there's a lot of like weird psychological stuff that I get into with that. That I, well, I mean, I like I I could just explain it really briefly that when Batman has sex, it's like he's not really having sex. Like the the i the actual act of sex is like a, just an action for him. Like he's doing it because he needs to do something. Like he either needs to keep up a cover or he needs to use it to get out of a situation. He does <laughs> he doesn't have any emotional impact on it. It's just an action for him. Uh-huh. So like the idea of true love or something like that is foreign to Batman. Sure. I it's I know it's it's okay. but I've spent a lot of time thinking I, about I, it. I believe you. But you get what I'm saying with it. Kind, kind of. of. Yes. Okay. At least. You- I can certainly buy that, and I can certainly see... I think that's why it's always very jarring to see... Batman fall in love. Batman... <laughs> well, because... What? So Keaton has sex with... The Keaton Batman has sex... With Basinger. With Basinger in yeah. the second movie, right? Not in no, the, the first, first one. Is it in, in the first, first movie? Yeah. And then he... And then... The Nolan Batman has sex with Marion Cotillard. Yes, at least that we know. He also took a bunch of Russians out on the water. So, for all we know, oh, that's true. But he left right before they were all still. <laughs> that's what Al- Alfred was like. All Al- right, tops <laughs> off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's always very jarring, and it usually leads to bad things. Well, yeah, and that's why I always say like. Like, it's like having sex in a horror movie. No it's one like, does. Now you're gonna die. No one actually does a pretty good job of this. Where you know, Batman, uh, Bruce is in love with Rachel, but he's only in love with Rachel because he knows he can never have her. So it gives him kind of 
uh, a reason to stay as Batman because he's like, well, Rachel will never love me. Or uh, I can only Rachel will only love me when I'm not able to be Batman anymore, but yeah. I can never stop being Batman. So it's like almost like it, it's, it's a, a cop out. It's, it's a good cop, cop out. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So all I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we've parsed the bat sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's I don't necessarily. I, I I do think like I agree with a lot of people that it's like I I, I think it was really out of character for Batman. I don't know why they wrote it that way. Yeah, it's um, terrible. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's an awful thing that happens, especially to your in eyes. A, like in a in a twenty minute like opening segment where you're just like you given no background. You don't know why um, Barbara is even doing this. No, like you get you're given none of that. So no. anyway, she def- eventually defeats uh, Paris, and then it, then it says like, who knew that just three weeks later all of this would be moot? <laughs> yeah. And then we actually start into the killing joke. Right, which is the most absurd and abrupt transition. transition yeah. Where it's just, it's over, and then it's just like, hey, Batman, I got a thing to show you that has yeah. nothing to do with anything that you just, like, we're not kidding. If you haven't seen this yet, we're not kidding that that whole first 20 minutes doesn't ever come back again. It doesn't matter. I Well, the, okay, so I think it the whole Paris thing with yeah. that gangster, that I mean, whole thing was you have to the padding. The, the I believe that the reason why they really introduced it is is because Barbara has such a short part in these in the actual story of Killing Joke that it's important for the audience to identify who she is and why she's important to Batman and oh, I don't, Gordon. I don't. Doubt that there was a yeah. reason to include any of that. Yeah. But it would have been nice if it could have mattered to the story beyond yeah. introducing a character. That Batman had sex with. Right. Um, so we're introduced to the story. I mean, uh, you know, Kevin Conroy, of course, is actually doing more as Batman as opposed to the first 20 minutes of it. Um, you know, we also have Ray Wise as Commissioner Gordon awesome. uh, taking over the part. Um, I don't remember who did the original part. Of Commissioner right. Gordon, but Ray Wise, of course, Twin Peaks. Ray Wise. Oh yes. What else? He's in every episode of Twin Peaks, yeah. which is kind of interesting. I think he's the only one besides Kyle McLaughlin who's in every episode. Yeah, this damn fine piece of pie. <laughs> um, I that show's so weird. But Ray Wise, you know, I still haven't dead. finished it. <laughs> Don't. I keep Don't. starting it and not. Fi- My problem is I keep starting Twin Peaks when I'm like. Oh, my wife is out with her friends for the night, and I'm sitting around. You know, I eat. You know, I'm just hanging out by myself in the house, eat dinner, have a couple drinks. I'm gonna watch Twin Peaks for real this time, and then I rewatch the whole hour and a half pilot. Oh, it's so. And bad. I'm just like, God, why did I put this on again? And then I'll get like ten episodes in after that, not in one night, but. You know, from there, and then I'm like, and then I just fall off again. And I've started and fallen off of Twin Peaks like three times in the I, last year. I, I would like it if you you started watching Mulholland Drive, just so I can get that text. Joe, I started watching Mulholland Drive. Why did I do this? So I've seen Mulholland Drive. Yeah. I like Mulholland Drive a lot. I actually bought, not too long ago, the, 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 the new Criterion edition, because they, they had a, uh, a big sale um, a little while back, and uh, I bought it. And I really want to show it to my wife. I really want to watch that movie with her. And she's she gonna will hate, hate you. She's going to hate me so yeah. much. But anyway. It's a great movie. So uh, apparently 
there was they found some bodies, some smiling bodies, and they think it's the Joker. Yeah, but Joker's locked up in our. Who else is it going to be? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a, oh, these smiling people. It can only mean one thing: the Smiler. <laughs> it's, it's not a person, Batman. <laughs> Commissioner, Commissioner, that's, that's not a That's not a guy yet. Really? We got the Riddler. <laughs> got a penguin. This yeah. is kind of a riddle. Maybe it is the Riddler. <laughs> no, no, this is not really. No, this isn't what he does. <laughs> it's not his thing. We got a thing. We, I know. Yeah. No, so anyway, he goes to Arkham. And he I've been doing him. this since the 40s. <laughs> Keep he, saying that. And of course, the Joker has escaped. <laughs> that was a... This, this, have you ever had this no. beer? It's a little it's a little funky. Hmm? Allagash Saison, everybody. Yeah. If you if you want to drink along with, with yes. me anyway. Um. Yeah, so they they the Joker's escaped. He's put a plant in there. And the Joker is his whole plan just to speed it all a up. A fake Joker. He didn't put yeah. like a fern, <laughs> like a plan <laughs> between two ferns with the Joker. Um, the Joker has escaped. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is the Japanese Lily. This isn't the Joker. You have to take care of these. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the Joker is his whole plan is he's buying a theme park. Um, at abandoned amusement park. <laughs> Sorry, you're absolutely correct. That wasn't a joke, but it's just when you say yeah. it out loud, it's yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's going to shoot Barbara Gordon, <laughs> right. so he can torture Commissioner Gordon, so that he can show that it just takes one bad night to make right. a man crack. Right. Interspersed with the background of the Joker, as told in like a neo noir style. Where yes. the Joker plays a chemical worker who wants to be a comedian, but he's terrible at being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a wife who's pregnant. Um, he's just trying to get... They some... live in a crap apartment. Yeah. He he just needs a little <laughs> bit of money to get them in, out of there, get them a nice yeah. place. They live in a Gotham tenement. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. They he's... live in the building that Spider-Man lives in. <laughs> yeah. In the movies we just talked about. Because it's rent controlled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wishes. So, yeah, so he's going to, he took, his place costs $1,700 a month. So there's these two criminals who want to use uh, the Joker. I don't think they ever actually give his name. I think and they actually give it to Jack in the comic, or maybe it's later on in the I comic. Yeah, I don't recall. Maybe they do. I know in some comics he's called Joe, J-O-E-K-E-R-R. Joe Kerr is his uh, name. But I don't, that's not in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that. So they want to break into the playing card factory that's next to the chemical plant. Right. So I didn't understand any. First of all, okay. Now, they want to break in to the playing card factory, which, first of all, sounds insane. I don't know what they want to do. I'm assuming they want to do something where they mark the cards a certain way so they can cheat at gambling. That's I don't know. That's actually Maybe way better they just than what want I would have to thought. steal the cards and then sell them. I honestly don't know why they're breaking into the playing card factory. So, you know those cards that are in the deck that says how to play stud poker? <laughs> I want all of them. I'm going to be a criminal. My name is going to be the instructioner. <laughs> That's going to be my calling card. I'm going to get all the how to play bridge cards. <laughs> then I'm going to take on Omar Sharif on his own turf. <laughs> That's a little bit of an obscure joke, but I'll let you guys Google that. It's called 
So I'll be called the bridge mixer. They want to break into the playing card factory. I all right. Allowing that that's insane. But the fact that it's built next to a chemical plant? <laughs> it's right next to the chemical plant, but here's what I don't get. They need... Why is the chemical plant supposedly less secure and easier to break into than the playing card factory? I think... First of all, they don't make playing cards in a factory. It's like the Simpsons when they're like, they gotta shut down the greeting card factory and all the miners are coming out and they're like filthy. Because for some reason it's a mine. I There's so much I don't understand. Okay, so these criminals want to hire the Joker, uh, before the pre-Joker Joker, to lead them through the chemical factory so they can get into the playing card factory. <laughs> He's like, so they, they get him in there, and it's like we just turn right and it's straight ahead. Somehow they're connected. I don't know why they're connected. And then he's like, well, it's been a while. I don't really remember. They're like, why are you here? What I also want to know is, is he's he's a chemical engineer. He's got to be making decent money. He threw it all away to work on his comedy. Ugh. That's why he's an idiot. He's got a solid 10 minutes, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's working on his Carson. His Carson 10 minutes. It's going to change his life. Um, oh. So... God, the criminals want him to dress up as the Red Hood because the Red Hood is a uh, a fictitious villain that they created. So that way, it takes away blame from the actual masterminds because they're able to create like this revolving right. person. Um, so they break into the chemical, and the security guards at the chemical factory <laughs> they see them instant <laughs> instantly. <laughs> they get they're they're captured. Yeah. I mean, just, but the security guards just unload bullet after bullet at these people. And I like how they're like, yeah, I mean, they're armed security, first of all. And then I like how they're like, well, it's Gotham City. You know, every crazy person on the planet is going to break into the chemical Well, the factory. crooks, the, the criminals are like, you didn't say it would be, like, they did zero casing. Like, <laughs> yeah. their entire strategy was based on a guy who used to work there. And it was apparently a really long time ago. Well, we we also, did no research whatsoever. We also skipped a little bit as they're doing the planning for oh, this. Oh, right, yes. Um, the police come in and they tell the Joker that his pregnant wife died in a fire in the tenement. Right. Um. And so he's like, I I don't. Need yeah, he's like, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm free. Oh. <laughs> well, he doesn't no, say he that. doesn't say that. I know. No, um, but of course he's already in with the criminals, and they're like, "No, you're going to do this. I can get 15 minutes out of this. <laughs> Solid 15." <laughs> so they take they take them, and you know, as the as the security guards are shooting the hell out of these guys, yeah, Batman shows up, and he's like, "Don't shoot him anymore." Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, Batman, stop it, stop it, shooting." Um, and he accidentally and the Joker guy falls into the chemicals. He accidentally yes. falls because mm -hmm. Batman spooks him. Yeah. And, yeah. And of course, you know, he's he, like, oh, crap, it's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, he, you know, the chemicals get in the mask and uh, he comes out and takes the hands. I mean, he's the Joker. Right. Yeah. And, you know, what a lousy setup, first of all. So. This is supposed to be this mind-blowing thing, because I know we've talked about this before, where the Joker, you know, doesn't really have an official 
introduction, yeah. like an origin at this point. I mean, there, there's some that's been sort of taken more or this less is, at canon. Yeah, this, this maybe is, this. This is about as close to canon as probably they'll ever really have. And so, granted, he had a very bad day. Yeah. I totally get that. And that does play in a little bit to what he's doing in sort of the present yeah. here. But... He ta- you know, he takes a mask off and he sees himself, and at no point is he like, "Oh, cra- oh, like, like what? Like, I- like he just, it's just he takes it off. He takes a one glimpse at himself, and then he's he a Joker. Like well, he's, we're supposed to believe, like he, he that's s- it. He snaps. It just took one really, really bad day. But the worst you could say about him is that he's kind of chalky white now. Like, Well, he's you could not... also think maybe the chemicals affected him mentally. Yeah, right. You know? Which undercuts his whole kind of thing. Yeah. Which... I don't know. There was a ton of Prozac in there. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I really thought, like, we were going to get more than just, like... He fell into some he chemicals. He fell in the chemicals and then he comes out and that's it. Like yeah, it's it's the At least Jack Nicholson was already pretty nuts. Yeah. And uh <laughs> Um and so flashing back to the Ford, you know, the Joker I blame Roman Polanski. The Joker <laughs> shoots Barbara Gordon, paralyzing her from the waist down. Right. He shows up in in a in a pretty good scene, by the way. I yeah. like him, I like the way, and I know that this is from the comics too. But oh, she opens the door because she thinks comics, it's yeah. uh, her friend. Yeah, she opens up the door. She looks. She Dolores, sees the barrel of <laughs> right. She yeah. Sees the barrel of the gun, and he's kind of standing there, and is again with the spooky eyes, and he's got a Hawaiian shirt on, right in the yeah. camera because he's gonna take pictures. He shoots yeah. her in war, like the abdomen. Yeah, she falls back on the glass table. He just knows at this point that that's going to cause her to be paralyzed. I don't know if it necessarily because he knew it was going to cause her to be paralyzed. I knew like a gut shot, you know. No, I mean, he says like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I just broke your back. Basically, you're not going to walk around anymore. (laughs) Like he basically calls it. Yeah. Called it. Yeah. And then he, you know, he takes Gordon and He, uh, he undoes a little bit of her shirt there yeah well that leads into later because he takes gordon so we see that and then yes they kidnap gordon and they torture gordon they put him on this ride where he gets where he has to see pictures of of barbara and states of undress and joker's got so he buys this amusement park and he hires a freak show yeah and and, you know for lack of i mean that's what they're calling it it's a freak show it's all the typical there's some characters in there that are right out of freaks freaks the 1930 well that's not saying terrific movie yeah uh it's It's a lot of fun it's fun it's 70 minutes long you know it's as as long as this (laughs) movie wonderful it's a fun weird little movie one of us one of us exactly um yeah so they he, you know, they hire the, the, the weird little Cupid guys were little. freaking me out. The little Cupid babies. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what that was. That's not in Freaks. I don't know what that is. That's just in this. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they put down. On... <laughs> and he sees, he has to watch, see pictures of Barbara in various states of undress. Um, I'll get into something with that a little bit later. Um, and then, you know, there's a big musical number, which is awful. <laughs> which is in the comic. He does sing in the right. comic. But yes. it's like. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. here. It's it's there. Uh, it. Yeah. And of course, uh Batman comes and rescues him and even after everything he's went through, Gordon says, "No, you have to bring the Joker in by the book." And, you know, as 
Batman goes in through this recreation of Joker's tenement uh, that's upside down. Yeah. Uh, he could, everything, including the put a lot of work into that. You know, there's a weird, there's weird symbolism. I don't know if it's symbolism, but there's a lot of reoccurring theme of shrimp in the movie. I don't know if you noticed that. No, like she's or like crawfish or something. Like she's cooking it in in the apartment when he's uh-huh. the right before he's the Joker. It's back again in the end, and there's like a there's like a scene with the with the with the hoods that are eating shrimp. It's like really weird. I don't. Oh, yeah, I didn't, it's a I, weird crustacean thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so they fight, and then Batman says, you know, it's like, even after everything you put Gordon through, he still wants you brought in by the book. Right. You didn't didn't win. Right. And so, you know, Joker gives up. He's like, well, I didn't win. (laughs) And then at the end, he, this is the second part that I'm going to, I want to get into. Maybe I'll get into this part a little bit first. Uh, As Batman is leading the Joker out, and he's given up, essentially, Joker tells uh, one last joke. He says about two insane asylum, uh, two inmates escaped insane asylum, and they're on the rooftops, mm-hmm. and they come across, they come to a big gap, and one of the ro- inmates jumps over, and the other inmate says, "I can't do that," and he goes, "The first inmate goes, I have an idea. I'll put a flashlight, and you can walk across the beam," and he goes, "What are you insane? When I get halfway across, you'll turn it off, and I'll fall down." Mm-hmm. And so the Joker starts cackling, and Batman in this movie—it's not a bad little joke. It's not. It's my delivery is terrible. <laughs> uh. As my wife will tell you, uh, Batman starts guffawing. Yeah, in this, um, yeah, he laughs. He laughs pretty hard, and then it, it kind of fades away. And then they hug, and it's very—it's that's the ending. And then the Joker <laughs> removes his t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a bra underneath. <laughs> Batman grabs his ass. Um. So, Grant Morrison, the famous comic book writer, was on. Batman on Batman, which is a podcast I, I listen to pretty religiously, mm-hmm. um, especially when he has like guests like Grant Morrison on, and they were talking about the end scene. I believe this was what they were... I believe it was on Fat Man on Batman that I, I heard this, and they were talking about the end scene, and in the actual comic itself, Batman chuckles. Like, you could see him... He says, like, heh. Kind of like, <laughs> Yeah. Not guffawing, maybe. Well, I don't know, but that's up to your interpretation. You see as the... It's like a nine-panel page... As it's going from panel to panel, you could see, like, the laughter kind of trailing off, and then it stops before the end panel. Hmm. Um, Grant Morrison says that, in his opinion, Batman kills the Joker, which is why the laughter stops. Hmm. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that interpretation, but I, it's interesting. It's an interesting interpretation, but what I like about it is, is that... Going back and looking back at it, I, it's pretty ambiguous. Like, you don't yeah. really know what happened afterwards. Like, they share a laugh. Right. And so it's, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it is, so it's foreshadowed where th- when he goes to visit the the fern <laughs> that's in the Joker's place, he doesn't know that it's not the Joker and he's sitting there. And the reason he goes to visit the Joker is he says, you know, I know where this is headed. One of us is going to kill the other. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which, but I want to make sure. I want to be confident that if it's me, if I kill you, I want to know that I came here one last time to try to talk to you, to try to fix this. Yeah. 
you know, knowing on some level that, which is a scene I liked, and it's, I know it's from the comic, and, and, and it's a scene that I liked. Which, but is undercut by the fact that it's not actually the Joker there, so it's like Batman pouring his heart out, and this guy's like, what is going on? <laughs> Why does this happen every couple of days? He really needs to get laid. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I I liked it. I even liked it knowing that it's not the Joker because I think I, I think that's just such a such a thing that would happen to Batman. Yeah. It's such a dumb thing that would happen to Batman where he's just like, I'm gonna do this, we're gonna have this, and he's like, Oh, it's not even him. It's like Oh, this sucks. You know You hear that. <laughs> you're right. Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to kill this guy now. So I don't know. I I could. I don't know. So I. I actually was surprised because I thought, and this is my mistake, but I actually thought this is the one. And you told me when we saw it. Um, I thought this was the one where Batman kills the Joker. Yeah, and it's not. That's that, well. It's it's that's more of the Dark Knight Returns, right? Where, okay, where they actually kill the Joker. Um, this the, and I said, I said it goes. I think I said. Not really, <laughs> because it's ambiguous. You don't actually know if he kills the Joker. Okay. And as Morrison said, it was it's really ambiguous. I never actually kind of read it that way. However, when Morrison described that, I was like, I actually kind of want to go back and, and see this. And it, it actually made sense. I mean, it's very, yeah. very ambiguous. But But then it's interesting, because now you're left with, because of that foreshadowing, you're left with, is... Did Batman kill him because he had said that's inevitable? Or did was Batman wrong? And at the end of the day, it's the joke. I mean, yeah. it's the joke. It's it's the killing joke, right? Yes. What did it kill? Did the did the joke kill the Joker? Basically, what? did he say that joke and Batman's like, "I'm laughing," but then he just was like i i got to end this yeah. it's funny but i got to end this because that's all he can do is is these terrible jokes and paralyzing yeah. people well i think or was it the did the joke kill that i don't want to say rivalry but that build up to where one of them had to kill the other did it did that officially end because of the joke did the joke did batman batman laughing at the joke was that him being like, you know what? I kind of see now, like yeah. this guy, and we see it too because we see what led up to him becoming the Joker. I'm trying to I, no, I, find I, something here to sort of wrap that up and kind of tie all of that together and I, make it make narrative sense. I, I get what you're saying. I think I think part of the weird thing too mm -hmm. is is that the, the Batman versus the Joker dichotomy that exists in comics and everyone. They talk about this all the time. I think it's kind of a it's a piss poor comparison. But they always say that the Joker is the antithesis of Batman in a lot of ways because that's that's how it came it kind of developed in the 1980s like 84 with the Dark Knight Returns, 88 with the Killing Joke. You know, a lot of these formative books kind of developed how the Joker Batman relationship existed throughout the 1990s and 2000s is is that while Batman is Batman is so sane that everything is clinical. He's he's clinical in everything he does, while the Joker is pure chaos. Batman yeah. is order, Joker is chaos. Right. You know, they, they have to exist as the opposites of each other. 
And so I think a lot of that gets read into the narrative, mm-hmm. and it kind of spoils it a little bit. Because in some ways, it's not that they're the opposite of each other. I think they're Batman is just a reflection of the Joker. Batman is just as insane as the Joker. Mm-hmm. He's just doing it on the side of law as opposed to the side of c- crime. Sure. And that's what the Joker's point, I think, always is, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, so. Yeah, and I, he, you know, that he even says that in the scene with Gordon because he's saying, um, you know, when they do the courtroom scene, and he's like, you know, what would you do to a person who flaunted the law and everything else? And he's like, we'll throw the book at him. Right. And then he throws and the book. The and joke the joke is, ha, 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 ha. It's Batman. It's Batman. It's always Batman. That's yeah. all right. It'll pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a weekend. We're doing a short bonus episode. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, you have that. And that's why I always kind of like, I always struggle with Batman and the Joker relationship because I think in some ways it's so built up in the mythology that it kind of misses a lot of the original intention. So it's hard. Yeah, I think difficult. at the end the laughter stopped because they kissed. That could be it too. That would have been <laughs> that would have been a thousand times better. You know, and and the funny thing is is too is that Alan Moore in talking about the the, the killing joke says it's not that good. He says it's like I wrote it. You know, people really liked it, but he says, I didn't explore anything new with Batman or the human condition. Yeah. It's kind well. of just, it's a short story that I wrote, and it's its interesting, you know, it, it, but nothing, there's, it's nothing to it. It's its just a Batman Joker story. And its it's kind of just been built up over these years. Well, so let's talk about the, uh, the R rating then, because... If we're going to talk about what's new for me, and maybe it's not new in the comic book sort of world, but I think it's a little bit much, I guess, where, you know, if there's something new that he brought, it's that the Joker, I mean, comic book characters just, they punch and they biff and they pow, and then that's it. Like, that's the end of it. There's no, they shoot, but they always miss. Like... This is, I mean, she's she's paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair yeah. by the end. She seems to be playing like wheelchair lacrosse or something by the end of it. So it's it's, it's all ball. fine. But right, it's all fine at the end. But great documentary, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't, but I actually heard something about that recently. So that's the second time it's come up in like a week. So it's an old some, documentary, weird, I, and it's weird that it came up a second yeah. time. So I guess I gotta I gotta check it out. Um. What do you, th- I mean, what do you think about that and what's kind of the, I well, guess, the, the relevance or the legacy or both? Of- I, well, I mean, there's there's something brutal about how they treat Barbara Gordon in oh, this. Oh, sure. Um, Gail Simone, uh, very famous comic book writer. She wrote Birds of Prey, which Barbara Gordon is actually a, a big part of. It's a very female-heavy uh, oriented comic, especially in time. There's a thing in comics called the woman in the refrigerator syndrome. Oh, sure. Have you ever heard of this? I have. Um, yes. It goes back to Kyle Rayner, who was Green Lantern after Hell Jordan went insane uh, right after Coast City got destroyed in, like, I think it was 93 during the Reign of the Superman arc. Um, Kyle Rayner gets the Green Lantern ring, and he has a girlfriend. And two issues into his it's, run... Uh, pronounced Reiner. It's Carl Reiner. <laughs> Kyle Reiner. <laughs> Carl Reiner gets the ring. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> That'd be great. Um, he finds that his villain, I think it's Major Havoc. I'm not 100% sure. It's some, something military sounding. 
kills his girlfriend and stuffs her into the refrigerator, leaving Kyle to come back and open up the refrigerator and see his girlfriend stuffed in there. And Gail Simone basically said, if you look at how modern comics treat women, you see a disturbing right. pattern of how they treat women, girlfriends, the, the mothers. Female characters slash love interests slash relatives. Yeah. Are yes, they exist to be uh, rescued, yeah, essentially, and even when they're given some degree of kind of badassery, where they can actually fight back a little bit, um, at the end of the day, they're going to need to be rescued. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, and and this movie, aside from the weird rooftop sex scene, you already mentioned it with Paris. Having sex with prostitutes dressed as uh, cat, uh, as, as Batgirl, mm-hmm. um, the fact that Batman goes and visits prostitutes who say it's weird that Joker hasn't come and seen us because usually he likes to blow off a little steam yeah. beforehand, and then you of course have the scene where Barbara gets shot. Now that in and of itself, I don't, I don't necessarily look at that as like violence towards women. Just that scene itself, because I think it's. Taken by itself, each of these examples, yeah. generally you can write. Yeah. Exactly. They're not, they don't add up to anything. But together, together they all add yeah. up to there is a trend. Yes. And that, well, I mean, just in the story in itself, itself yeah. and even what they added at the beginning, um, even it adds to it more. But then you have the fact that when Gordon is going through the little roller coaster train ride, the, the he's shown pictures of, of Barbara in various states of undress, and it's heavily, heavily, like, hinted at that Joker raped her. Sure. Oh, yeah. They never show anything in the pictures, but it is hinted at. Yeah. Like, why didn't Joker go see the prostitutes? Yes. You know, there's other things, too, on top of that. Right. And you see the... Yeah, I think it's it's obvious. And I think that's where you get, like, that R rating from, because it's not necessarily, like sex or swearing it's that there's some like really really heavy heavily misogynistic themes that are not a age appropriate for a lot of people like if you, like we can sit there i like i could sit there and look at this of like this is a product of 1988 comics you this is the way it was back then if this was written nowadays, it would not be treated like this. Yeah, I well, I mean, I don't know. I can't yeah. speak to the comics yeah. angle of it, but it, I have. I, there's nothing <laughs> to suggest <laughs> that that wouldn't be the case right now. Um, I well, I would say if, if if this book had come out now, it would be heavily, heavily criticized. Yeah, like I don't think that. I mean, it may still come out, but I think a lot of people right. would heavily criticize it and being like, "This should not be the way it is right now." Right. And I'm not one of those people who's, you know, I look at art as art. Take it or leave it. You don't. Yeah. You might not like it, but it's it exists. It's art. It's someone's art. Right. Um. Sure. So you can look at it and you can say, "I don't like this art," but it's mm-hmm. still art and it still deserves to exist because it is art. Sure, and so that's yeah. I think I think a lot of the R rating doesn't necessarily and comes from kind of this really the obsceneness of how they treat Barbara in this, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's it's interesting to see on screen, even though I don't think it's treated very fairly. Like I think 
Scott McCloud, in his seminal work, Understanding Comics, um, wrote that the reason why the gutter exists is so that you fill in the blank. You become the agent of disaster, the agent of murder, the agent of, of violence in the comic. So he always gives a classic example of a person. You see a person raising an axe, and in the next scene, you see a person holding a head, the same person holding a head. Right. He didn't swing the axe. You swung the axe in your imagination because the gutter existed between those two panels. Right. I think in a movie like this, it takes away a lot of that visceral nature of what you're doing to the character by having it play out on screen. And that's why I I do like I I know you have issues with animated movies. Like what you say, like I kind of have a lot of issues with animated comic books like this. Oh, sure. Because it's it takes away that agency of, of you being the agent of disaster. Sure. In the comic. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways in in film that a director will make the audience yes. complicit. Yeah, um, just showing it doesn't necessarily do that, but it usually comes down to um, more technical production stuff, um, where and how the camera is, um, whose perspective you're usually looking through. Um, yeah. there, there's a lot of ways that they can do that. Some are, are more obvious than others, but generally you want to in a movie like that where there's going to be violence against people um you want the audience to be complicit to some degree because otherwise it's just um horribly voyeuristic and everyone gets uncomfortable and <laughs> like i you think need that, there to be something where but in friday the 13th you see through fred uh Freddy, jason's jason's mask george jason's mom's mask spoiler for the first movie um you see through his mask for the purpose of making you as the uh, as the viewer in cahoots in a weird way. You're complicit no, with the killer. It's absolutely and right. It's the same thing that they do there, which I agree. This is fundamentally missing. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it just makes you feel this movie makes you feel the voyeuristic. camera could have done that. Like literally, because yes! the Joker has a camera. We could have seen. The Joker's holding up the like we could have seen the pictures being taken, and through the camera lens that would have made the audience complete. That would have done that. It would have yes. fulfilled that to a but degree. And that in that way though, you don't that that shot doesn't exist in the comic. So right, they, well they they, that's why they would have that. had to have created it in order to fulfill the need I, that you're saying is missing. Yeah, and that's in the comic. And that's a really you, interesting point. In the comic, you have that because you have the gutter, you have the natural yes. breaks between panels. In a movie like this, you don't have that, so you feel real like like I'm just watching kind of this play yeah. out. And well, exactly. It, you don't you don't take a role. You don't. You're not Batman. You're not the Joker. You're no. not Gordon. You're, you're not standing Barbara. off to the side watching this happen, and it's not good. I mean, like, and there's <laughs> it's not there's a, good a thing. there's a couple scenes, like for example, like when Barbara, like you mentioned it, when Barbara opens the door and you see the Joker, you're looking through Barbara's eyes, mm-hmm. and you see the terror, like you see how spooky Joker is with his eyes, and you can kind of feel her terror as she's opening the door, which works. But that was in the comic. Yeah. In this, and it. it, it so you have these brief moments where you have stuff like that where the in the comic because like in the comic you'd have Barbara going to open the door and then the next panel as she's opening the door you see the Joker standing there and that's when you're creating that like you are Barbara you are shifting perspective into Barbara opening the door 
Yeah. That's directly taken from the comic. And the movie can do stuff like that if it's taken from the comic, but it doesn't take any agency on its own right. to, to make you feel like the way that cinema is supposed to do. And I have problems with that because if you're going to take – if you're going to do a book that's horribly out of date and misogynistic like this book, yeah, have a purpose with it. You know, make us understand why something like this shouldn't exist in this day and age. You know, I, I kind of feel like this was almost like a boys club way of doing it so that it's just like, oh, this is a great comic. People really like this comic. We're just going to put it out here the way it is. Yeah. Well, what are you saying about the comic? Right. Why is this so important? Right. Why is this? You can't help but watch it through 2016 eyes. eyes. Yeah. And there's so much that's happened since that, you know, it should be dealt with. Yeah. And I and that's why I, like, you know, overall, how long? Oh, jeez. <laughs> we got about an hour. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, we're going to wrap gonna it up wrap real it up soon. in a minute here. Um, and I don't want to necessarily... Like I have a friend. I think we're talking about some important things. Yeah, I have a friend on Facebook who was who saw this and was so visually just so visibly upset about it. Hmm. It's a he's you know he's he's a guy and he's he was just like this movie is is horrible for its treatment towards women and you know a lot of stuff that we mm-hmm. think. And he said I would never recommend seeing it. And I was like I was with him all the way up until he said that because then at that point I was like. Listen, even if it's terrible, you can't it, – it's still out there. It's still art. It's still worth seeing and discussing and saying why it's bad. Mm. Like, you could say, like, outright, like, hey, look, this is, you know, this is my review of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that great. Um, I could recommend not seeing it, but it's still right. out there. And it's worth – It's. I think it's even worth seeing just to talk about what we talked about. Sure. Um, and, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I, I, I think I agree in the sense that um, I kind of, you know, in a, in a perfect world, like, I would be able to see all the movies. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, there, is, there aren't any movies, like, even the worst reviewed movies, like, not even just, like, so bad they're kind of good, like, just terrible, just garbage movies, you know. Uh, the worst kind of just no real redeeming qualities, yeah. just badly made movies. I'm kind of like, if I had all the time in the world, uh, I would I would probably sit through it just because I love movies and I love film yeah. and I love you know knowing and having that perspective of what's what's bad. I understand how someone might be like, I'm not going to recommend this. It, it, I mean, you can do that. Like, what I wouldn't say is like. All of this, you know, this should be banned or this should be like wiped from memory. Like that's obviously, I mean, that's crazy. That's well, I mean, censorship, and that I think is what you're kind of getting at. Yeah, like, I mean, like you obviously don't want to censor something, but you can look at it and say like, this is fundamentally problematic, and it yeah. and it doesn't reflect yeah. values that we should kind of currently have. Um, and if you are, you know, considering whether or not you should spend the hour plus that you have to watch a <laughs> animated movie, it's like go watch one of the other ones. Don't yeah, don't only, watch this one. It you was know? only it was only seventy minutes. Long, yeah, so. the, this one uh, skip it. If if you're if you're trying to decide and you're not gonna, you know, you might not see it, then I would say skip it. 
But yeah. if you're going to watch it anyway, then yeah, watch it, and then we can kind of talk about how it's sort of fundamentally broken. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's other problems with the two that I have. I mean, you know, one of the the big things with, you know, the Warner Brothers animation in the 1990s for the TV was that I think it was some ridiculous... They filmed it at a ridiculous frame rate. It was like, I don't know, I, I, I don't really know the, the like, 60 frames per second really or whatever it is, yeah, I don't but know. it was double what they normally do. Mm. So, you know, like a normal, let's say, let's say a normal cartoon is like 30 frames a second. So like this was these these were done at like sixty frames a second. So yeah. that's why the animation looks so gorgeous and smooth in the cartoons. This felt like someone had done it in Adobe. It Flash. was very jerky. I didn't like it at, at all. all. No. I did not like the animation. Um, there were there were moments that were good. Usually the more static moments that were kind of reflective of the cartoon. Um. But it's 2016. It's not 1992. Like, put a little yeah. money into the thing. What, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean... And did, did you have to pay Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill that much money that you couldn't put a little... Put a couple bucks into well, the... and, you know, you, you... The frame rate, for God's sakes? <laughs> the frame rate, not only that, but, I mean, the original Batman the Animated Series was hand-drawn on black paper. Everyone, you know, that's, like, one thing that people... Yeah, talk, hey, sure. Hey, did you know the original Batman cartoon <laughs> was done on black paper? Right. Yeah, it's like, it's one of the, Yes, yes, I knew that because I'm a human being who lived through the 1990s. Um, but, yeah, they would, they would hand-draw it on, on black paper so that you'd get this incredible noir feel that was just revolutionary at the time. Yeah. I mean, it, nothing has come close to it since. Um, and this just kind of felt like it was done in Adobe Flash. Yeah. Um, like they Home took... Star Runner. Yeah, like Home Star Runner. <laughs> it's like they took panels from the... from They took Bollard's art, Bruce Tim drew over it yeah. in his own style, and that's all he did. Like, yeah. they would take frames and then they would just move the mouth and flash. Right. I thought at some point, like, yeah, it was going to be like little cu- little cutouts. Yeah, little cutouts. And it was going to be like... Hello, Joker. <laughs> you know, just Batman coming in, just static. I mean, so this has a lot going against it. I mean, one, the story does not hold up. I still think it's... I think the original story is interesting, to say the least. It's a, it's an interesting story, and Bollard's artwork is, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the 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 story in the the movie itself does not do anything with the story original original they don't make they make they make nothing on their own like they they don't attempt to make no. take any ownership of anything no um the animation's pretty bad the voice acting is decent voice acting's always good in particular mark hamill it's fun to hear him yeah. again yeah. um he's great he's, he's great in this he was great then it's great yeah that part is solid. I, I mean, I can't help but give this movie like a, I don't know, a D plus. That's where I am. Yeah, I think I actually gave it a C minus. I gave it two stars out of five on Letterboxd when I when I graded it. But yeah. which which according to my sort of weird little little translation is roughly as a, a C minus. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna downgrade it ever so slightly to the D plus just because after kind of talking through it. Yeah, um, I'm struggling to really figure out why this was even made. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, DC it's, it's does just it was. Yeah. I don't, uh, and I've never seen. I, I haven't seen any of these animated movies. Yeah, 
um, other than beyond the episodes of the cartoon. I've I've uh I've only seen a couple of them. I'm not a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Marvel or DC ones. In fact, the only ones I've ever actually liked were the Hellboy ones. Oh. Because they were original stories and okay. they were, you sure. know, done with all of the cast of the movie doing the voices. Yeah. Really cool. Uh but this it's like I've always kind of felt like they just take the story from the book and they put it in. Now, yeah. a good an example of a really good one that I enjoyed was The Dark Knight Returns, uh which was done as a two-parter. Um, Peter Weller does the voice of Batman, um, and I, nice. what's her name, uh, Ariel from Modern Family, the youngest oh, daughter. Winters. Ariel Winters mm-hmm. does the voice of Carrie Kelly's Robin. Huh. Um, but they did, and, and they did it in the Frank Miller kind of style, and it has that washed out colors, and it, hmm. it, it looks very, very nice, and it's, they did take some things, because they didn't do any of the voiceover. Like, Batman to Dark Knight, right, uh, Dark, Knight, Dark Knight Returns has a lot of uh, voiceover boxes in it. They oh, took okay. all that out, huh. and I liked it a lot because you get a, like, it's very heavy metal kind of... Nice. Uh, not Aeon Fluxish kind okay. of feel to it, which sure. I, I dug. Yeah. And uh, that's an example of a good one. This is an example of the this only reason... Only, <laughs> the only reason <laughs> that good. this one got so much attention is because Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy were back. And it was an R rating. And it was an R rating. And and that didn't even really bear out to much. No. So anyway. Yeah. That's I, where we're at with this one. I would say skip it if you were uh if if it's like I don't know what iTunes is charging to buy yeah. or rent this one, but it's probably too much. Yeah. I mean it's not if that, you if you're gonna see it, see it. If what we talked about interested you, like and and like you know, you wanna see it for yourself mm-hmm. i would definitely recommend it but uh you know it's like if you do if you just if you were on the fence about it i'd be like there was no, there's nothing to it yeah yeah i mean if, if you're interested in hearing the joker it, mark hamill did the voice of the joker again and do a really awful musical number oh my god i don't the music in this movie okay really and quick. they're dancing like the peanuts characters oh basically his like freak show guys are dancing the, oh my god the music in this movie was so insanely outside of what it should have been it was big orchestral like bum 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 and they bum, prided bum. themselves on that and that's why they showed the feature ad after the movie it was so out of place because they had five people working on it and you had five different sounds throughout the entire yeah. thing it was there was no was common mess. note there was no light motif <laughs> oh boy we're getting into your wheelhouse now Ugh. I'm talking about camera angles through yeah. the, you know, to make the audience complicit, and you're talking about light motif, light motif, all that fun stuff. Oh, boy. No, there was, but there was none of that stuff. There was no common voice. There was, it was five people working on it, and it had a terrible musical number in it, Ugh. like to the point where I was just like, end this, end this now. <laughs> all right. So uh, go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at k white says. You could like our Facebook page. Uh, backslash uh, comic, comic book, book logic. logic. Uh, the best way you can help with the podcast is like, comment, subscribe on iTunes, and uh, you could give us five stars. That's all we need. Uh, so, Kevin, until next time, until Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide I, I can't wait for the Will Smith rap. Yeah, I, I put that on Facebook. I, yes. Yo, Suicide Squad. <laughs> suicide Squad goals. <laughs> comic book logic. 